Hello, hello. Welcome back to Run It Back. It is Monday, December 9th, all the way into December now. Uh, on this beautiful night, uh, we've got the original gang and uh, guest part-time comes in, helps us out a lot, uh, Jeremy Blanding. What's up? And, of course, our co-host, Costa Katsoulis. What's going on, everybody? All right, so um, let's get right into it. A lot of a lot of things going down as the NFL season winds down. We have just completed NFL Week 14, and the first thing we want to talk about are the Patriots. The New England Patriots have lost two straight, mm-hmm. uh, snapping a 21-game home winning streak. And let's face it, Tom Brady's not looking so good. Tom Brady looks old. Tom, yeah. That that cliff that uh, Max Kellerman has been saying that Tom Brady was going to fall off for the last 10 years has arrived. It seems like it's happening. It's finally here. And now he's going to say that I called this. You called it five years too soon, Kellerman. Come on. Anyone can call a cliff on anybody, so I don't care about that argument. Everyone has a cliff to an extent. Kellerman is my Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> just bashing you know, on just, him, right? Just uh, Kellerman. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Patriots. Tough loss. Tough, 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 tough loss. loss. Especially if you were like watching the whole game and you got really frustrated with the refs. But um, yeah, they got what two touchdowns taken away from them. They well, what annoyed me most was the Nikhil Harry touchdown where he did not step out of bounds, but the refs did not call it a touchdown. And at that point, Bill Belichick already used both his challenges, so he couldn't do anything about that. But what also annoyed me was the Travis Kelsey fumble, where they fumbled him after he took a couple steps. They picked up the ball, ran, and he had a pick. He had pretty much, he was on the way to, to the touchdown, albeit he was on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. But um, the ref whistled it off, mm-hmm. and then Belichick had to challenge. He ate up his second challenge. New England gets possession, but they he was on his way to a touchdown. Yeah. Exactly. They could have had six points right there. And that's why after the second one, when um, they took away the Nikhil Harry touchdown, Bill put up his hands as in like a touchdown thing that a ref does because they took away literally two whole touchdowns from the Patriots. Mm. And that all happened in the second half. But I'm not going to sit here and act like that's the reason they lost. That was not the only reason. Mm -hmm. I would just like to say that, look, I know that the Patriots' defense is really good and we have to acknowledge them. But the fact of the matter is, since Patrick Mahomes has come back from this knee issue, he hasn't been the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's playing well enough for his team to win. But this is not the Patrick Mahomes we saw in September where it looked like this guy can't be beat. Like mm-hmm. Another you, MVP gonna, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he started the season having a better year than his previous year. You know, it seemed like the Chiefs were going to be a very tough team to beat. Now we see that the Chiefs have their issues. They have another win against New England, but New England doesn't look very promising either. So I'm not sure if either of these teams are going to be, in the end, competing for the AFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, um, you know what I want to happen? Which would probably be, like, theoretically, if the Super Bowl was, like, Patriots-Saints, it should be great. That would be that would be Tom Brady versus the best quarterback he's ever played against in his career in the Super Bowl. And um, so I'd love to see that. But, like, a little bit of me kind of wants it to be, like, Ravens-Bills in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I Something like different. This, I like this Bills team. I know they just lost this past week. I they, they, that was a competitive game, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's time that we all take that team seriously because it's taken me a while to mm-hmm. admit that they're actually a good team. And look, I coming out of coming out of college, I did not think Josh Allen was going to be good. I was like, look, this guy's going to be a bust. He's a he's a big arm quarterback with not a lot of accuracy. I'm not sold. But um, credit credit to uh, the Buffalo coaching staff for really developing him. <laughs> First sneeze. Oh, bless me. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Keenan Lynn from the Jets. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, this this team is a force to be reckoned with. I know they're playing with that easy AFC East schedule, which is why the Bills and the Patriots have played have been so well, also because they've been playing teams like the Jets and the Dolphins twice a year, which is... They also have that NFC East schedule this year. Yeah. So they play the AFC East and the NFC East. Yeah. Wait, they play the NFC East this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the NFC East. I was thinking of the NFC West. I was like, yeah, the NFC... They have a, they have a really easy schedule this year. Um, but the thing is, they're not dropping those games. That's important. Yeah. And plus, when the Patriots played the Bills early on in the season, that was also a competitive game. That's true. But the thing is, the Patriots are never going to be a team that drops those games. Mm-hmm. A team that could drop those games would be the Bills. I can see the Bills losing the, some of those games. Yeah, if you and compare I think, them. I think the bigger surprise is that the Bills have not been dropping those games. Um, They've been knocking on the door of this AFC's division title the entire season. 
and now they're very, very close. I mean, it would have been great if they beat Baltimore because then they'd be in the driver's seat right now, but mm-hmm. there's still some more season left to play. Mm-hmm. But this is, a, this is a very young team, I think. Um, surprisingly, for the first time in a long time, Buffalo looks like it has a bright future, which is um, not something I thought I'd be saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, do, you, do you think these, uh, these offensive struggles with the Patriots, do you think they can be cured at this point? Is there something they have to change? Or? Personally, when I look at the issue... Tom Brady has been doing this for years, for years, with bummy receivers. Julian Edelman was a seventh-round draft pick. Uh, Chris Hogan was, you know, was one of their players. They had Phil Dorsett. They still have Phil Dorsett. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've been running around with a bunch of scrappy little white guy receivers um, who they've made into these stars uh, that aren't really stars when they leave, uh, Danny Amendola, mm-hmm. those kind of guys. The issue now is that Brady isn't playing the same. And I think a lot of that, I mean, some of that has to do with the offensive line struggles, but... Um, He's old, man. Yeah, you don't have, you get up to 43 now? 42. 42. Um, you get up to 42 years old, and the the snap out of your hand, it's just not coming as fast. Your body is slowly deteriorating over time. Look, I know his mind is there, uh, but, and and it's good that the, the Patriots are, their defense is, is so tough. Because this is going to have to be like Peyton Manning's last year when he won the Super Bowl. Yep. Not that Brady has deteriorated to the level that Manning did. Granted, Manning had more injuries. The issue is that it's going to be the defense that wins that game. And as long as Tom Brady's going to have to game manage to put them in a position to win, which I know he can do because he's one of the most cerebral quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the most cerebral quarterback in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. Um, but the issue is... Um, yeah, they don't have a lot of wide receiver help. That that was kind of a thing with the with the Broncos that last season. It was they had Demarius Thomas, they had Emmanuel Sanders, they did have really good wide receivers. And now that the Patriots are saying they're not going to sign Antonio Brown back, you better hope that Nikhil Harry really really pans out the way that fast. Yeah, everyone thought he did. And the thing is, is he also doesn't have um, like a crutch on the offensive side. Like there's obviously, no Gronk. yeah, there's no. Gronk that runs up the middle of the field on a seam route and gets you like 15 yards. And also, like, the running game, like, other teams, other defenses have figured out James White, right? That was always a thing the Patriots used to lean on. If it was like a third and short or something like that, or it's second down, you didn't get a lot of yards on the first running play, you dip it off to James White for three, four yards. Mm-hmm. But teams are ready for that now. And Julian Edelman, as good as he is, he doesn't. he's not the receiver that is going to get you 100 yards a game. He's aging he, too. Yeah, he's aging, but he's the guy at the end of the game. That will get you those touchdowns where they're important. But mm. they don't have that wide receiver help that you're talking about. And plus the running game, you know, I think uh, after the season it might be time to throw in the towel on Sony Michelle because, you know, I don't think he's panning out the way people thought that he would either. That's um, true. Um, and you can't always rely on the defense. I mean, I understand it worked for Peyton Manning and the Broncos, <clears throat> but that's a very difficult gamble. I think we're just seeing like what we always like, what people always said that this team won't be as good as they should be when Tom Brady's not playing the way he should be. James White, if you put James White on a team like the Giants or the Jets, like he would be like average at best. I'm mm-hmm. not same with, sure if he'd be average. Same with Edelman, same with Sony Michelle. Like Brady made all these guys look so much better than they actually were. For so long too. And I think now that that magic's wearing off, it's uh it's a little worrisome. Um it's very worrisome. They're not good enough to beat the Ravens. They're not good enough to beat I mean we well, saw the, thing from the is, Chiefs. The thing is they have to get home field advantage, which is which looking, is not looking like it's going to happen right now. Yeah, the Ravens could take that from them. Um, also, like I know Belichick's probably going to figure this out, but like think of all the teams they've lost to this year. They've all been mobile quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It seems to, like that defense seems to have trouble against like guys that can like pass the ball and run the ball. Like it was who was it? Lamar. Also, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, those three guys. Yeah. Well, also I'd like to say what a pivotal mistake it looks like uh cutting josh gordon was oh big time why why did they do that i that i i just don't understand he was i mean not saying he was catching a getting 100 yards per game but he was their big down the field threat he was Mm -hmm. a guy that you could throw it up to and he'd bring it down because he's six three and he looked like he put on weight he was huge Mm -hmm. um earlier in the season but now he's on the Seahawks, and you can't get him back. Now your best option is Antonio Brown, or I don't know who else you could sign. There's not really a lot of good people. Honestly, thought they struck gold when they signed Mohamed Sanu, but I mean, 
I don't know if that's a fair comparison. Mohamed Sanu is another one of those quick inside guys, mm-hmm, though. Exactly. They don't have a guy that can run that, you know, a big body on the outside like a like a Josh Gordon or a Randy Moss. Yeah, and I think on. I think a lot of fans have to get realistic now. Josh McDaniels is probably one of the most innovative OCs ever, right? But you need pieces in order for those schemes to work, right? And you, you exactly. can pull out any amount of flea flickers or any amount of times you want Julian Edelman to catch a flea flicker and throw it into the end zone or whatever, right? But that's not going to get you postseason wins at the end of the day. Exactly. Why, why did Josh McDaniels not work in Denver the first time around? Because mm-hmm. his quarterback was Kyle Orton, and then it was Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. So You need pieces, and yeah. they don't have it on the offensive end. So, you know, it's going to look – I think it starts from actually establishing a running game, but, I mean, the way it's looking right now, that's very difficult as well. So – it's going to be difficult for the Patriots, I think, to have any success in the postseason this year. It's weird, weird saying that. Um, weird that they're struggling later in the season. It's still the Patriots, though. They'll probably turn it around. We'll see. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, on, to, on to our next topic. I wanted to talk about this because uh, apparently, according to Rappaport I saw earlier, is that the Tennessee Titans are planning to offer a multi-year extension to make Ryan Tannehill their franchise quarterback moving forward. Ryan Tannehill is on a career year after taking over from Marcus Mariota, some 16 touchdowns and four interceptions with a passer rating on the season of about 119. What I mean, is this is this a one-season wonder? What what is going on? Ryan Tannehill seems to be making the Titan the Tennessee Titans an elite offense this season. They blew the Raiders out of the park. Now I know it's the Raiders, mm. but 42-21 we didn't see this Titans team putting up 42 points to Mariota. As much as I love Mariota, I'm not sure if that was the fit there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mariota would be good somewhere else. But, yeah, that, that's the thing. that The Tennessee Titans have been winning games. Uh, I don't know if it's wise to pull the trigger, though, this early. That's mm-hmm. my one fear of overpaying quarterbacks that play well for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's that, that should always be in the back minds of these kind of organizations. Um, thinking about paying a quarterback big money this early. Is he playing well? Yes. Is he having a career year? Yes. Does he make your team a lot better on paper? Yeah. But is it worth giving a multi-year deal where you spend a lot of assets on this guy right away? I don't know. I think you have to look at his resume from before that, too, and realize that this kind of play could be cyclical with Ryan Tannehill. Granted, he was also on the Dolphins, who didn't have a lot of weapons, mm -hmm. and uh, were pretty dysfunctional franchise, as it um, almost still shows. But I don't know. Ryan Tannehill, for some reason, he just looks, especially lately. I mean, they beat the Chiefs. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's that's also the Chiefs' defense. Like, let's be real here. Okay, yeah, fair. But, I mean, still, to outscore Patrick Mahomes is something. I was about to say, yeah, with, when you're playing the Chiefs, you also have to put the ball in the end zone if you're on the offensive end. 35-32 is that score. But 42 yeah. points on the Jaguars, who we know have a decent defense at the very least. Um Beat the Colts and now beat the Raiders. So this is an interesting streak of wins that they're putting that they're pulling through. Um, look, I agree with you. I think um, if I was the Tennessee Titans, I'd do a little Kirk Cousins situation that Washington did with yep. him. I'd franchise tag him, get another year, yeah, see, exactly. see what we could do. Um, He's thirty-one years old, man. Yeah, you know, especially after seeing such a large sample size. I mean, Ryan Tannehill came out of the draft class with Andrew Luck. Uh, we've seen him around for a while. He was like the tenth pick in that draft, and nothing. He's he's proven to be injury prone one, and uh, inconsistent. This has been his best year for uh, of his career, but it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, for a guy that's just taken over the team mid season. Mm-hmm. So um, I agree with what you're saying, though. Give him another shot next season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's hard, you know. Uh, just to give him a big contract like that. You, the thing is, you don't want to end up like the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Exactly. The you, that's the last thing you want. The Jacksonville Jaguars are playing are paying Blake Bortles right now. They're paying and Nick Foles and Nick Foles to sit on the bench for the Los Angeles Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars, respectively. Gardner Minshew, their sixth round pick out of Wazoo, is the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and I, they paid a lot of money for Nick Foles in the offseason. And I bet they're paying. You know, I bet they're paying Gardner Minshew like eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, nothing in the big scheme of things. I'd love to make eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in a year. I also would. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, hit me up. I can play quarterback. <laughs> no, you got the the Jaguars have a quarterback worth eighty-eight million dollars sitting on the bench. Yeah. You know, 
not all of that is in guarantees. It's a lot of assets, though. It is. Yeah. That yeah. you could use elsewhere. Yeah. That's a big issue for any franchise. And they're going to have to trade him or cut bait. That's the issue. Uh, unless what I have been hearing also is that everyone could get fired uh, for the Jaguars this offseason. They could start new and give Nick Foles a, another chance next year, mm-hmm. uh, which is possible. But the thing is, the thing is, you you tried to make Nick Foles your franchise quarterback, and that's kind of an issue. You can't give these big payout um, deals to quarterbacks that are not elite. Because then you end up stuck. Then you end up with Andy Dalton on the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Then you end up with um, Alex Smith on the Redskins right now, even though Alex Smith isn't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up trying to force something that's not there. Yeah, exactly. Simple as that. Is uh, Nick Foles good in the postseason? Yeah, he's awesome in the postseason. Well, the thing is, when but you can when, get you there, when you get when you uh, when you put all this money into one basket with a quarterback, you are you are paying him to carry the load because you're not going to be able to evenly distribute it. We've decided that the quarterback position is more important than any other position in football, so we pay them way more than anybody else. Hmm. And because of that, you're not able to more evenly distribute the, the funds of the football team to have a more balanced team. You're saying, hey, this is our guy. You've got to carry us right now. And that's what people like Andrew Luck can do. People like Tom Brady have been able to do. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes will continue to do. Deshaun Watson, et cetera, et cetera. But a guy like Ryan Tannehill, once he gets the money, once you're not able to pay a Dory Jackson, once you're not able to pay Derrick Henry, once you're not able to pay Taylor Luan, um, a bunch of those guys, or, I mean, you'll be able to pay some of them, but you won't be able to keep every young contract on this team because eventually they're going to want to pay it. And so three years from now, is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to carry that team? The answer is no, for me, personally. Uh, but that's just my opinion on things. I think that should answer the question, too, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the these kind of situations, especially the Nick Foles situation, it's not even a question of whether or not h- how good the quarterback is at that point. You've paid him. You've paid him $88 million at that point. He is too expensive at this point for you to, to actually bench him midseason, too, regardless of how he's playing, considering how much money you've spent on him. Because then you look like hypocrites on top of that. Uh, I, I disagree with you on that point. Because Gardner Minshew really excites this team and excites the fan base and sells more tickets and all that. And I know you're not making all that money back in ticket gains, obviously, from this year. But the thing is, if I was the Jaguars, I would cut bay with Nick Foles in the offseason and continue with Gardner Minshew or draft a quarterback in the offseason. Um, so you'd eat that money? I, I, dis- yeah, I disagree. I, if you pay that money out to someone, you have to at least give them another chance and see what they can do and hope. Hope for the best. Yeah, I was be, gonna say I don't know if I eat that money in, and that, in the first bi- off season. The yeah. thing is, and be and you're running the your potential. I don't think Nick Foles is gonna win the Jacksonville Jaguars a Super Bowl. That Eagles team he brought to a Super Bowl was talented everywhere. This Jacksonville team is not that Eagles team. It's nowhere close to that Eagles team. And for you to like count on him to to make it that Eagles team is kind of. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think. The ceiling for Nick Foles is probably a nine and seven year with this Jaguars team uh, going forward. Even if you build a bunch of pieces around him, I'm still not sure. The thing is, this quarterback class this upcoming year is chock full of talent. Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, um, that love kid out of Utah. This, there's a lot. The people are saying there could be six potential first round draft picks in this quarterback class. I'd, I'd take a shot on one of them. Maybe keep Foles and let the kids sit for a year, but I wouldn't I wouldn't um I wouldn't have Nick Foles be my future plan going forward. I just don't trust that. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a very low ceiling you're giving yourself. Whereas you could have a guy like a Tua, like a Joe Burrow, if you trade up to get the Bengals pick and, you know, it, Joe Burrow has the potential to take that team very far he has a, the way he's playing in college he could be one of those guys that is like deshaun watson that could be worth that very long very hefty deal that we were talking about before yeah i mean i get what you're saying but my only thing to kind of push back on it is that yes i do agree that nick Foles, you know does not have the ceiling that other quarterbacks do maybe coming into this draft class or you know i'm not going to sit here and say that he has um um, uh, you know, a higher ceiling than Gardner Minshew because you know I don't think it's fair to judge Gardner Minshew. But yeah, even it's, despite it's very that, early on Gardner Minshew. Yeah, but even despite that, I think 
like you could make that argument if they didn't pay him yet. If you're like the Jaguars, you don't have the luxury of kind of saying now, okay, we don't think Nick Foles has a very high ceiling, the whole nine and seven thing. We're gonna end up going for one of these younger, you know, quarterbacks, have Nick Foles play play for a year, and then, you know, kind of go with a different quarterback with our franchise. Because you know what, you already paid him. You you don't have the luxury now of making that argument because but that's, the, that's you, the beautiful thing about guarantees. You only have to pay him what you guaranteed him, and I think that's about two thirds of that entire contract. Which, guarantees yes. guaranteed forty five million dollars. Okay, so that's like half of eighty eighty million. I, I know that's, that, that's, that's, that's a lot not, of money. You know, yeah, that's a lot of that's dead That's the one cap, thing is that's not a small amount of money. But that's also a one year deal, as opposed like you're paying him, you're outright giving him that forty five million dollars, and it's not hitting your cap for future years. You know. I think to make that call, you have to play him for one more season. Then you're just to make that ultimate, we will eat that money. Future seasons, that's that's the risk you take. Um, I'd I'd lean towards cutting bait, and I'd I'd want to see what we can get out of Gardner Minshew, and also draft a quarterback just in case. I'd I'd put Gardner Minshew in to to if I'm the Jaguars going forward, if I have the opportunity to trade up for Joe Burrow, I'd do it, and then I start the season with Gardner Minshew as our starting quarterback. And if he struggles, we put in Burrow. And I'm sure some people will be interested in Minshew as like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of player. Um, the thing is, like Gardner Minshew has been has started at quarterback for every single game that the Jaguars have won this season. And so I think there's some merit in learning what he can do. Uh, he's and he's an exciting guy. People like him. He's got a lot of charisma. So yeah. All right. Uh, anyway. Uh, Let's talk about this Saints 49ers game because that's that was quite a doozy. 40, 98 points. What, was it 48 46 or 50 to 48? It wasn't 50. It wasn't 50? I don't think it was 50. Oh, no, 40, no, because they went off a field goal. My math is definitely 46. off. 48 46. So what is that? 48 46. Uh, Do the math for me. I, I'm not, no. <laughs> Can't. That's, that's too much for me. Um, yeah, 48 46. That's 94 points. 94 points. Quite, Defense. Quite a game. Um, what do you guys take away from this? I've been talking a lot today. I want to hear some of your guys' opinions more. Uh, Saints still can't win the big games. <laughs> that's, Hasn't that shown? Yeah, that's all. It, like, and, the, and the refs hate the Saints too. And the refs hate the Saints. That was yeah, that was a bad call. <laughs> always, always in their stadium too. It's yeah. never away when yeah. this happens. Um, I know he has that Super Bowl wing, but Drew Brees just continues to show he can't win the big games. Now he put up forty six points. So I'm not gonna like sit here and act like that whole loss is on him, mm-hmm. but. I feel like when it matters the most, Drew Brees just can't come through. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they did score when they needed to. Yeah, uh, they scored. My, the, yeah, they scored the Michael Thomas touchdown, and then and then their defense kind of just let it go away. But there was that no, Kittle catch though, like animal. Was, yeah, you can't animal. blame you can't he, blame that all uh, on the yeah. defense. He's, he's he's the second coming of Gronk. We've, yeah. we we are best tight end in football. Yeah, I said it. Easily <laughs> over Kelsey. Kelsey's pretty good too, though. I wouldn't sleep on Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is pretty nasty. Um, but yeah, no, they're they are monsters out there um but yeah no i and uh, well we also have to take away from this what i take away from this is jimmy g is legit yeah this guy's that's a the one quarterback mm-hmm. yeah. um i know he's had his struggles he's um been a little bit inconsistent but this team is so good and every time jimmy g needs to step up he has mm-hmm. and sometimes we've seen him play down to competition a little bit but this game was the game where he needed to step up and that's he where he played up and he absolutely did, did. Yeah. well he's another one that has a lot of good pieces around him though Offensively, debatable. Kittle, Kittle's great. Uh, Kittle's great. Now he has Sanders, who's fast. Sanders, um, Sanders, but also Sanders is 31, 32. Mm-hmm. And then their second best receiver behind him is Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the one game they didn't have Kittle, they lost to the Seahawks. Now, granted, the Seahawks, Seahawks are, are a very, very good, good team. The Seahawks are a very good team. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, too, is that um, he also has an excellent offensive line. Oh yeah, the 49ers, which, are which is really very. I mean, those that and that line. offensive. I mean, you have Kyle Shanahan running plays, but it, when you watch that game, sometimes they'll do the little screen routes and their little jet sweeps. Those guys can run those linemen. Mm-hmm. They got off the line like this, and they're up the field, right? And it helps them out a lot with that run game because they have that guy uh, Raheem what, Mostert, Mostert, that guy, and then they also have Matt Came Breida. Out of nowhere. Uh huh. Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman. They've got a real. They have uh, a very scary running game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with what Jeremy said about uh, Jim, or you said about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That he's that he really proved himself this game, played mm-hmm. up to the competition, was good when he had to be. I'm not going to go crazy about the defenses because I think honestly, every single NFL season, there's one of those games where it's a shootout. Yeah, last year it was uh, Rams Chiefs. 
Yeah. That game in Los Angeles where Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes just had just one at it against each other. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and bash the defense because I think there is one or two games a season where it just happens. Hmm. Um, are both those defenses excellent defenses? Yeah. Are the 49ers better? Yeah. Um, but I think it's the game that we expected to see. I'm not counting out the Saints, but it's just one thing after another with that team in their own building where they just can't get that last final inch because yeah. they had a chance at the end of the game. Don't let them get a field goal. And mm-hmm. Jimmy G's got a little Tom Brady in him. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I've I've always been a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a he's he's a he's a good quarterback. Uh, shoot, I forgot where I was gonna go from this. Um, anyway, let's uh let's move on to our. Uh, our next topic, uh, uh, sorry, um, con- or not conference, but division winners throughout the NFL, starting with the NFC West. And I didn't want you to start with this one. Oh, you don't want me to start? Because okay. this one's hard. As starting with <laughs> that's the hard to pick. AFC West. With the AFC West? Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, and Chiefs. Now, the Raiders and the... Is, not the Raiders. Sorry, the Chargers are mathematically eliminated from making the playoffs this year. Yeah. Oh, let me talk about the Chargers for a second. Now that we're on the AFC West, <laughs> winning how, when they don't have to. How <laughs> how stupid are we? Like, come on. Obviously, we gotta like tank for a better draft pick so we don't have to give up as much because we're obviously we're gonna trade for Tua. We better Tom Telesco. I'm looking at you right now. I'm speaking directly to you. You trade up for Tua Tagovailoa. You lose the rest of the game. The games this season. We go five and eleven. You don't have to trade up as much. If we go eight and eight, you're gonna have to give up not just an arm and a leg, but also half the bank. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna have to give up a lot of good young players to get Tua, and we need Tua. Uh, obviously, Philip Rivers is 38th birthday. He played a great game. Uh, you know, showed why he should be. He can still play. He showed that he should be the quarterback going forward. You don't have to bench him for Tyrod Taylor. Um, I just think we really should be losing these games. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that I like want us to like you know not try or or anything like that. Actually, you know what? We don't have any fans. Who are we playing for? We're playing for a draft pick. Yeah, no one shows up to the games anyways. No one shows up to the games. Um, I'm not. I'm fine with losing the rest of the season. We're mathematically eliminated. Uh, so yeah, you know what? Go out there and lose. It's not like anyone's showing up. So I'm guessing for this uh, division. I'm Pretty sure it's the Chiefs that we can all agree on. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be the Chiefs. The Raiders have kind of fallen apart the last couple of years. Uh, a couple of years, couple, couple games, couple of games. Um, somehow the Broncos are still mathematically in it. Yeah, because uh, they hold tiebreakers over. I was gonna say it's the tiebreaker thing, right? Um, yeah, and uh, Drew Locke has been playing really well. He's been surprising me. So keep your eye out on Drew Locke. <coughs> I'm, look, I'm not ready to say he's a franchise quarterback or anything, but he has impressed me. Hmm. Um, so that's the Raiders. On to the AFC South. Let's go. AFC South. Texans and Texans. Titans are holding the fort down. Texans coming off a loss. The Colts and the Jaguars. Colts not too far behind. The Jaguars are mathematically eliminated. This is, um, I mean, just, I feel like the Texans personnel-wise are just yeah. better than Texans. everyone else here. So, like, you kind of have... You, well, no, I the, wanna... Texans, the Texans are better because they have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the Titans exactly. have an overall better team. If Deshaun Watson was on the Titans, that team would be 11 11 wins. So who are you going to pick? I'm picking the Texans, too. Me, too. Mm-hmm. Because Deshaun Watson, at the end of the day, like Brian Tannehill is a very poor version of Deshaun Watson. They're both a little mobile. Uh, Deshaun's got a bigger arm. I think Deshaun's smarter. I think Deshaun has the clutch gene. I'm and I'm going to say this now. I'm going to pick the Texans, too. But note this. If, by some miracle, the Titans win this division. Right? I think they play each other this upcoming week, Ta- Texans-Titans. Okay, so if, by some miracle, they win this division, they make the playoffs. Mark my words right now. Titans will be stupid. And they will pay Ryan Tannehill huge money if they make the playoffs and they win this division. Oh, I'm sure. I'm saying it right now. The Titans are full of doing dumb things. You know, they hired, um, they extended Mike Malarkey, who was the interim coach after they fired Ken Wisenhunt, led him to an eight and eight season. Um, They made the playoffs, and then they let him coach for like two more years. He went nine and seven, nine and seven, or something like that. Uh, They made the playoffs. They gave him a big contract, and the next year they fired him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the Titans are full of doing dumb things. And you know what? Most of these, I want to say that the Colts are the most functional franchise in this um, in this division. I don't really trust the Texans, but you know what? They have Deshaun Watson, and that's why. I'm yeah. Picking them. Who next? Uh, AFC North. <laughs> I mean, Baltimore. Ravens. Yeah, yeah, Ravens. The Ravens. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, they're winning the division, but are the Steelers? How? 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 How are the Steelers? How are the games? Steelers eight and five with a third <laughs> with Duck Hodges? 
and I don't even know who their running back is anymore. Oh, the only player I know on the um, on the Steelers is uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. What's his name? Snell is their running back. Yeah, Snell. You ever yeah. heard of this guy before? Not I a clue. Heard of Tony Snell in the NBA, but not this guy. Snell, <laughs> Snell. That's who's playing right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we have to go. Um, with Mike Tomlin. Better coach than we give him credit for all these years, maybe. I always thought Mike Tomlin was a pretty good coach. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bark on t- Mike Tomlin. He's a coach of the year candidate, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah, dark horse. Um, we can talk about the bronze. Um, what a disappointment! Like we can officially, like, I'm finally ready to officially call them that. I know I'm kind of late to that, but I was holding out hope. It what is, a what a disappointment! It is time to fire Freddie Kitchens, and yeah. apparently Odell Beckham wants out. So. Mm-hmm. Patriots maybe word word on oh. I mean trade deadlines passed so not this year but not, yeah, this, not year, this year but. not this year and I think honestly I think Brady's retiring after this year that's my personal opinion. no he's not if Brady has too much of an ego to do if that. he wins a Super Bowl he's retiring after this year um that's my opinion because if he, he has, wins a Super Bowl yes I'll agree with that because then he has seven then he's better than Michael Jordan um but if they suck they suck, and they go out, back. you know, kind of like screeching tires, and you know the engine breaks down. Mm-hmm. Then he will. I think he'll come back for another one. But I think, and then he'll really suck <laughs> next year, and then that'll be it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you're not wrong there. Which, for the record, I hope does not happen. Um, yeah. Uh, I, so we're picking Baltimore. Yeah, we're picking Baltimore. What uh, about the AFC East now? AFC is East. anyone is anyone going to go with the Bills? No. Is anyone brave enough? I'm. I'm definitely not. I'm no, not. <laughs> I don't think uh, this offense is really young, and I don't think they're ready to handle that Patriots defense pressure. Um, Jets have been quietly winning a couple games. Watch out for Sam Darnold. He has his moments. Um, but uh, Still yeah. developing. Uh, and then the Dolphins are the Dolphins, you know? Um, they beat the Eagles, not last week, but the week before. So take that, Akash. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, that's that's the AFC. Pretty, that's the the boring conference of the NFL. Now for now the, the NFC one. East, we've got what the, a joke. We've got what the, a joke. You got the Cowboys leading at six and seven. You know what? I hope this is one of those years. Um, I'm gonna be really excited for this. With the, the Eagles play the Giants tonight. Who I this is the first time in my life I am rooting for Eli Manning to win a game. Because I don't want the Eagles to win this division. I want the Cowboys to win at like seven and nine or something really stupid and make the playoffs. You know, because mm-hmm. I don't know why I like seeing that. It'll stuff. be the Cowboys. They have similar schedules coming up. The Cowboys just have overall better personnel. The Cowboys do have a better team, but the uh, they have a way of disappointing like no other. Yeah, I'm both of these teams. I don't know because mm-hmm. the Eagles are just coming off a loss to the Dolphins. So I wouldn't put anything past the Eagles if they lose to Eli Manning and Saquon's quads. Um mm. I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys too here. You t- you take the Cowboys, Jay? Yeah. All right, so we all agree on that one. Uh we'll skip the NFC West and go on to the NFC North, which is getting exciting. The Bears are still in it. The Lions definitely aren't and the Vikings are right there pushing for a playoff spot. Mm. Watch out everybody. Um what a crappy situation it is to be the Minnesota Vikings, right? Nine and four on the season, mm-hmm. and you have to compete with Aaron Rodgers. Now is ten and three, mm-hmm. and you're fighting for a playoff spot mm-hmm. still, which you might not get because you look at this, uh, you look at this area, and for a wild card, it, right? It, yeah, the wild card spots. I mean, well, personally, they could still take the division from Aaron Rodgers. It's possible, but I don't see that happening. The Packers are looking like a really good team, and then you get to the wild card, which is probably going to be between the Seahawks, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Bears. Mm. All for one spot. Those are the worst situations when you win like ten games and you miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You get like a horrible draft pick and mm-hmm. still have to sit home. Mm-hmm. See the thing, I. So are we going? I'm guessing you're going with the Packers. Yeah, the Packers. I think going the, Packers the Packers are winning Packers. The, the division. <coughs> Say the Bears. Do it. No, I don't. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> I said the Bears. Everybody um, else loses out. The Packers go ten and six. The Vikings go nine and seven, yeah. and the Bears go ten and six. Mitch Trubisky wins NFL MVP, yeah. and the Bears win the Super Bowl. That's a hot take, <laughs> and I'm not going to pick it because I don't like Mitch Trubisky. I I really no, I don't really, like Mitch Trubisky either. I really want to pick the Vikings. Um, you know what? Yeah, I want to pick the Vikings. You trust Kirk Cousins? I'm going to be the outlier here. Yep. All right. Um, it's probably going to bite me in the ass, but I wonder if he can ever win a Monday night game. <laughs> this is this is my hot take. Um, I think that the Seahawks. Uh, oh, okay, I won't I won't uh, spoil anything there. But I don't think the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. I think the Packers are going to be the only uh, team from this division to make the playoffs, and that brings us to the NFC West, mm. 
where I I believe the 49ers are going to win the division. Okay. The Seahawks are grabbing a playoff spot, mm. and I think the Rams are too. I think the Rams are catching heat right now. Oh, you think the Rams are going to get the second I spot? I think the Rams are going to sneak up and take it from the Vikings, and it's going to mm. be one of those classic Vikings blunders where they're going to, like, duh, they're going to, I don't know, it always happens with an NFL team. Like, they're going to miss a field goal, and they're going to lose a game, and they're not going <laughs> to... They're I think you're suffering from recency bias there, though, man. No, this is the Vikings. This team is historically No, I'm unlucky. talking about the Rams. Oh, the Rams? I don't I'm talking about the Rams, man. I the, mean, uh, Recency, like, as in the last two se- team, or last two games? Last two games, that's what I'm talking about. In the about. last couple seasons. Last two games. I know what this Rams team can do, and Jared Goff has been struggling this season, but the last couple games he's been getting it together. I know he threw two picks yesterday, but the week before he threw four touchdowns and no interceptions. The Rams have to beat the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Rams. I have to play them. I'm sorry. Um... So, I, you know what? That's a tough divisional game between them and the Niners, but I think that's one they can win. The Cowboys, the Niners, and the... And the and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. They can beat the Cardinals. They can beat the Cowboys. I think they can win out. Okay. Same that's, with the Seahawks, though. I have the Seahawks in that division. Oh, yeah. I have the... Oh, you have the Seahawks winning the division? Yeah, they got um Pan- they got the Panthers, then the Cardinals, and then they have <clears throat> the Niners again in Seattle. I feel it's very possible that they can win out, too. That division is probably going to come down to that game. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't between be su- Seattle and San Francisco. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think San Francisco's taking the division this this season. So yeah. you think they can win in Seattle? Uh, the Niners? Yeah, yeah, I think they can. Even though they got the twelfth man and everything, they, the 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 Seahawks don't have the swagger that they once had with the Legion of Boom on defense. Where in that when they had the Legion of Boom, yes, Seattle was a scary, scary place to play in. But it's not the same anymore. And I think. Um, I think the Seahawks have a better defense. I think Nick Bosa is going to be very scary for uh, Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I see uh, I see 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams all making the playoffs this year. Knock on wood. Yeah. I see the Niners winning that division, and I'm going to agree with you that the Seahawks take the wild card spot. But I don't think the Rams are going to get the second wild card. I think it's going to be the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to beat Green Bay. Oh. But wait, didn't you say the Vikings were going to win the NFC North? No, so, I think that I think the Packers are going to win the NFC North. Okay, and then you think okay. I just don't think the Rams are going to make the wild card is what I'm saying. Mm, okay, I understand that. And then there's the there's the NFC South. I think we all think the Saints are going to win. That's not really. Didn't a the Saints already clinched that division? Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Buccaneers suck. Panthers suck. <coughs> Falcons suck. So. <laughs> Sorry for the fans out there. I'm just <laughs> but being honest. You suck. Yeah, you, your teams your teams are bad. Uh, and I'll, and look, this is from a Chargers fan. My team's bad, too. So, look, we're all in this together, okay? You two Eagles fans and Cowboys fans. But you guys are in a bad division, so you can make it to the playoffs. Anyway, this is what I came here to talk about today. This is what's been on my mind floating around for a, for a long time, for a very, very long time. Well, since Friday. Um, since this happened. Since it happened, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how to start this because my my anger and sheer embarrassment with this organization just makes me not want to make me not want to support them. And I've never felt so appalled to be a fan of an organization. This has been the worst run team, worse than the Cleveland Browns, worse than the. Uh, worse than the Sixers before, worse than the, worse than the Chargers have been run. This is the worst team of the 21st century in how they manage their team and what they do, and it's the New York Knicks. They're absolutely awful. Look, I've been rooting for the Knicks for a long time. I was there for the Mellow years when we won 54 games. Mellow got that one vote for MVP that made LeBron not get the unanimous vote. I've been around, all right? <laughs> But here's the thing. We hired David Fisdale in attempts to lure in these lucrative free agents. That was the whole plan, yada, yada, yada. And then we didn't get them. Why? Because we're the Knicks. All right, what were we expecting? We weren't going to get them in the first place. We're the Knicks. Mm -hmm. What have we shown Mm -hmm. to get them? So we decide. The New York market. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Bullshit. Um, So we decide to build up some young players. Great. That's amazing. Uh, at the beginning of the year, David Fisdale is playing R.J. Barrett a bunch of minutes. You know why? Because he can play. He's the best player on that team. And he's 20 years old. And he's 20 years old. The issue with the Knicks right now is the front office. It was not David Fisdale. And I'm not going to put all the blame on Scott Perry. I believe it was Steve Mills. And now Steve Mills is very much being the scapegoat. But somebody marketed it to James Dolan 
that we were going to compete for an eight seed this year. Now, I don't know who's blind, but decided <laughs> that, eyes. that the New York Knicks, by signing Taj Gibson, Julius Randle, and a bunch of other... Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. A bunch of other power forwards and average players. Who thought we were going to compete for the eight seed? The only person I can think of that like shoved it down my throat were other Knicks fans. Brandon Bummer in particular. Brandon's my friend, so I'm not going to talk down on him. But here's the thing. Like every time you talk about the Knicks, you mention him. I do. But here's the thing. The Knicks suck. There's no... Look, there's no... Look, the bright sides on this team, there's young players that you got to look forward to. There's Barrett. There's... Knox is somewhat decent. Mm. I like Alonzo Trier, um, but we we market ourselves we marketed ourselves this year to be reminiscent of the '90s Knicks. This really scrappy team that was gonna really you know play tough inside and all that crap. <sighs> this team was never gonna compete for the eighth seed. This team was always gonna be in the top five lottery picks in the NBA draft at the end of the season. I don't care who your coach is. I don't care if it's David Fisdale. I don't care if it's Mike Miller. I don't care if it's Phil Jackson. This team ain't winning, and nobody's going to want to coach us. Now, what do we do last Friday is we go and fire David Fisdale because he's the problem, of course. Uh, This guy who's been fighting for his job because there's so much media outrage and the, the Knicks front office won't come out and say, Hey, no, David's our guy. We're going to stick with him. Because they're perfectly complacent with this media outrage that, yeah, the Knicks are going to fire Fizdale soon, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, you know what? Now we need to fire Fizdale because we're underperforming because we told Dolan that we were going to be an eight seed this year. No one's going to make this team an eight seed. And so now we fire him. We don't even thank him for the official statement to the press that just says, Head coach David Fisdale has been relieved of his duties, and Mike Miller will take over. Nothing thanking Fisdale for his time with the team. Nothing for taking him for for him taking this absolutely abysmal job and this horrible scenario that he walked into, with hope that he would get Ke- Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Well, that hope went away because we're the Knicks. This is where hope goes to die. And so we fire him after things don't go right. Because it's his fault, apparently. We hire Mike Miller because he... Look, I'm not going to say anything about Mike Miller. It's early. He won G League Coach of the Year. He's apparently known for developing young players. That's all great. The thing is, David Fisdale has a history. David Fisdale brought a really scrappy Memphis Grizzlies team with some... With, you know, not a whole lot of talent to a seven seed. Took the San Antonio Spurs to seven games. Zach Randolph and the gang back in the years. Take that for data. Fell in love with the guy. David Fisdale, great coach. And I just, my question for the Knicks is why do we have to screw everything up? Why do we take everything that's good and destroy it? It's, it's, it's just really depressing. Um, and it makes me embarrassed to be a Knicks fan because we can't handle anything appropriately we don't know how to deal with the new york press we don't know how to deal with anything this is the definition of dysfunction it's right here in this city and so um i've decided that you know while the knicks will always be in my heart this year i'm going to be rooting for luka Doncic, not the mavericks in particular because i look i don't love porzingis for how things ended but you know what knowing the knicks it was probably our fault and i'm going to root for the los angeles clippers because they used to be the San Diego Clippers. I root for San Diego teams. I'm a big fan of Kawhi Leonard. Went to San Diego State. And I think they're going to win the NBA championship. Not that I'm a fan of these teams, but that's who I'm going to be rooting for for the rest of the season. You guys can talk about the Knicks all you want. I'm not talking about the Knicks. I've spent every single time we talk about the Knicks the same exact rant. Horrible expectations. Horrible front management, front office. Taking everything that's good, making a bed. You hit on all the points. I feel no need to comment on this team. Well, just like defend management a little bit on the Fizdo point. Yeah, like, it's true. Like He doesn't really have the pieces he needs to work, but terrible substitutions, terrible play calling, not playing the young guys. Why are you not playing um, Nilakina if the whole point of this team is, oh, we're young and, like, this team is going to develop in the future, then why are guys like Knox and Nilakina sitting on the bench the whole game? Nilakina's a bum. Yeah, but, like, 
Nilikina hasn't shown a whole lot to show. Like, look, he's good at defense, but he hasn't shown a lot to Big prove deal. that he has. If you're no, good I'm, at I'm, defense look, in not, today's NBA, I'm, honestly. I'm, I'm, on this, I'm on the same page as you. Look, the thing is, he hasn't shown the promise that we expected him as a pick. Obviously, there's there's better players, um, all-around players like Dennis Smith Jr., more complete players that could be getting that spot. Regardless, the same thing is we probably would have won the same amount of games with whoever in because we're not winning any games. See, but that's the thing. Like, the thing is, if you know you're going to suck anyway, why don't you just say, okay, well, let's take our eighth pick from two or three years ago and maybe try to develop him, maybe try to make him into a more of a more of a scorer, try to make him a better passer. Why is he sitting on the bench for Taj, Gibbs, Taj Gibson and Marcus Morris and Julius Randle and Jen, Dennis Smith Jr.? Because at the end and of playing Moutier over him last year, like it just didn't make any sense. Because right now, well, because this season he was playing for his job. Or eight games into the season, there were reports that the Knicks have laid the groundwork to fire David Fisdale. Now he's like, I gotta play the best players so that I can keep my job for as long as I can, and it didn't work anyway because the players we got, our best players, are still bums. It's just disappointing. Like there was nothing he could do. And plus, even if David Fisdale played those guys, does that automatically make him a better coach because he played the young guys instead? Like, that's what I'm struggling with with this argument. Because, like, he has a proven pedigree of being a good coach. So it's like he takes a horrible Memphis Grizzlies team. Oh, horrible. And he they, makes were, them they were decent. Decent. But he, he, he takes them up against a much more superior Spurs team. This is when they had Kawhi Leonard. This is when they had Kawhi Leonard. Much better team. Takes him seven games. Proven coach knows what he's doing. Has a good knowledge of the game. Doesn't play some Loved young players on the next James. team. Love by LeBron. Doesn't play some young guys in a team that's already crap and that's not going to do anything in this Eastern Conference. And then you fire him on that account because he's not playing those young guys. I don't think that's why he got fired. I think, as Cole said earlier, there's just like a lack of communication. I think management, really, especially James Dolan, seriously thought, oh, we can compete for the eighth seed this because year. Because Steve Mills told him but, we could. Yeah, so, no, I'm not saying that's why he was... I don't think that's why he was fired. I just think that management and him should have had a meeting and and said together, look, we all know this team isn't going to do much this year. Why don't we just play our young core and hope to develop them for the future? Maybe sign... Maybe, like, um, get another lottery pick next year. In two years, they have more cap space. Maybe sign a big free agent. I doubt it, but Mm -hmm. maybe. There's just... There's no trust in this franchise. I just feel like there's a severe lack of communication between Fizdale and Dolan. That too. That too. And the thing is with the Knicks too, it's like this, uh, like with coaching in general, good coaches start to become what we consider good coach uh, coaches. And I really emphasize the air quotes there because it happens over time. Okay. When the coach can implement whatever philosophy they have and then can show that philosophy with the players that they pick with their GM and how that team plays on the floor. Okay, that's usually how it happens. Mike D'Antoni, considered an awesome coach on the offensive end. Why? Because then he knows how to pick players and how to make the team a kind of run and gun style offense. You shoot threes and all that. You know what you're getting, right? But that takes time. So I don't understand this kind of thing where... To add on your point, too, look at our crosstown rivals. The Brooklyn Nets hired Kenny Atkinson a few years ago. And for a year, almost two, they were absolute garbage. And then they started to come around. They started to develop. And they actually got the opportunity to succeed. And what happened with that, they were able to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That's what the Knicks are trying to imitate. But we can't do that There's if no we patience. keep firing our coach every single year. We've had six coaches in the last five years. Mm-hmm. The thing, the fact of the matter is, we never should have fired Derek Fisher. He should still be our coach. I'm, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. I'm done talking about the Knicks. Yeah, me too. <sighs> All right. Uh, so I'm very angry. Uh, let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks are in an absolute terror right now. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo has been playing out of his mind, better than his MVP season. Uh, they're on, what, a 15-game winning streak or something stupid like that? Yeah, 15. Um, they just beat the crap out of the Clippers in their own house. Yeah, the other day. Um, the Bucks are looking good. Is this the team to beat in the East? Yeah. My yeah. Th- I mean, just um, the way they're playing right now, 13-2 and in conference, 10-1 at home. 14 games in a row, not 15, sorry. Um, they're on a tear. They have everything that you need. They have all the tangibles necessary. They have a pretty solid bench. They have shooters. They know how to play defense. They're long. They're athletic. I mean, what more could you want my on a team? Qu- my question to all of you is, who is the biggest threat to the Bucks reaching the NBA Finals this year in the East? 
I like I want to say the Sixers, but like the Sixers play down to competition, like it's their job. So I don't really know. I mean, do the Sixers still have that coach? Yeah, Brett Brown. Brett still. Brown. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's also an example of stability. He's been their coach since they were awful, since they drafted Joel Embiid. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he was the coach. Yeah, I mean, I want, I really, I do want to say the Sixers, and I'm gonna, I'm, I guess uh, I'll stick with them. I'm gonna say the Sixers, mm-hmm. just because the Celtics. Are, I think they're, I think they're better coach. They have a better system, but I don't think uh, player for player they can match the, up. Yeah, I don't think the Celtics have the talent. To yeah, beat the Bucks. I, I disagree because you know who just came back, who's just available today. Who? Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Available to play today for the Boston Celtics. I think this team, this team has got their mojo back. This team knows how to play together. They got rid of the, the toxicity, left the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing free. <laughs> Who will not be named? They're playing <laughs> fun. Uh, and you know what? This Celtics team is going to be really good. Brad Stevens is being able to coach it the way coach the team the way he wants to, and he's going to be able to implement Gordon Hayward the way that he was able to implement Gordon Hayward at Butler, which made him such a star. Yeah, and plus, Gordon, let's not forget, Gordon Hayward was playing very, very well until he got hurt again. Mm-hmm. So, And I think he's going to continue to play well because this was a much less serious injury. And oh, yeah, absolutely. He hasn't been away. Yeah, but I would also agree with you on that point with them playing well together. I do think this Celtics team has an element of camaraderie that the Sixers don't have. I honestly think a lot of those players the on the Sixers either. team. Yeah, I think a lot of that Sixers team, they're kind of like walking on eggshells in a way because they have such high expectations and they don't play with the same kind of fluidity because I'm not going to say the Celtics are carefree, but I think they're more connected as a team. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where every guy's looking out for each other. I don't know if that exists in terms of the Sixers' um, makeup. I don't see it as much, in other words. The Sixers, I, I think what, what makes the Celtics so interesting, I think, is that they're less star-driven. Yeah. They seem like a lighter version of Toronto last year, where, like, obviously they don't have um, Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard is a star. But how... When you think of the typical star, Kawhi Leonard Kawhi isn't like, not who you think of. It's not like yeah. Ben Simmons. It's not like Joel Embiid. These guys are high profiles. High ego. High ego. Kawhi Leonard, like, I he mean, did, the, the, yeah. the meme about him is he's a robot, man. The guy does nothing. You never <laughs> see him outside. He's a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that works perfectly. I think Kawhi Leonard would be a perfect player for Brad Stevens. Yeah. Um, but uh, to a lesser extent, I think Gordon Hayward is a very good player for Brad Stevens, and I think the way they've built this team, it's so good all around. Yes, they could use one more player, and I think they'll get him because the Cavs just said they were open to trading Kevin Love. And now the um, now with Carmelo Anthony going to the Portland Trailblazers, I don't really see Kevin Love being traded there. I think Kevin Love on the Boston Celtics would be absolutely filthy. That would be a great fit for him too. And then I, I think I would put the Celtics as favorites to – Go to the the NBA Finals over the Bucks in that case scenario hmm. with Kevin Love on their team. Because put them put them in in getting the one seed or meeting the Bucks in the playoffs and beating them. Beating the Bucks in the playoffs. I regular season goes. I don't know, but Kevin Love is also a guy who knows how to play his role because he's been able to do that with Kyrie and LeBron in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Um, and I think he'd be very happy to be in a situation. This would be the best um, team he's ever been on. Yeah. As far maybe not best team, but like I least think you can make that argument most, top to bottom. Most functional team. Yeah, that's for sure. Because he was on the Timberwolves and then the, the Cavaliers, and that's just, boy. Anyway, let's move on to the West, where it looks like the Bucks counterpart is the Los Angeles Lakers, who are on like a seventy-game win- pace. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? They're twenty-one and three. AD just dropped fifty last night. But the schedule, though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what everyone was saying. Yeah, they've had a really easy schedule this, so far this season. But the thing is, like, the Lakers are looking really, really good. This whole I'm excited for the Western Conference. The Western Conference makes me excited for basketball again. Um, because you look at these teams, you look at the Lakers, who look amazing right now, and I'm giving them a better shot to challenge the Clippers because I still think that the Clippers are the best team in the West. Their record isn't going to show it, I think. And that's what that's what I expected going into the season because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to take games on off for lo- load management. But I still think the, the Clippers are the team to beat. And they're very quiet. They're very sneaky. Um but they're just so good all around. The Mavericks are 16 and 7 in the 3 seed right now because Luka Doncic is playing stellar. Granted they just lost to the Kings, but you know, everyone has off games. Hmm. Um and the for the amount of talent on this team, for Luka to be able to carry this team to a 3 seed, if they make a top 4 seed in the West, that's a successful season if they make a top 4. That that's, that's very, more yeah. than a successful season. Pe- some people said they weren't going to make the playoffs this year. Um who said that? Jorge and Jacob. 
They're like, oh, I don't know. No, I mean, I'm not calling you guys out. I'm just saying I was right, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Luka Doncic, all right? Uh, anyway, uh, the, I mean, the Rockets are a force to be reckoned with. Fastest pace in, in the league right now. Um, James Harden is still playing out of his mind, dropping 38 a game. <laughs> this Western Conference is interesting. Very interesting. Um, Could go a bunch of different ways. Who are the teams to beat for you guys? In the Western Conference, teams Lake, to beat. Yeah. Lakers, Clippers. That's it for me. You you don't put the Rockets in that category? No. The Rockets aren't going to do not nothing, but when it comes to playoffs, I feel like first round, like uh, second round exit, I'll go. I still got first round exit. I got that bet going on with Shea. That's why. Um, because I was like, look, Russell Westbrook is the king of leaving in the first round. Absolutely, he, he will sit on his throne. <laughs> if there's a team, if there's a team in here that's capable of losing to like, like sitting as a four seed and losing to an eight seed, it's the Houston Rockets. Yeah, or you mean sitting as a four seed and losing to like a, a lower seed because yeah. a four seed wouldn't play. Oh yeah, my bad. So into like the five, the, the, that's the team that I'm like, yep, I could definitely see that. And not even I could even say like wouldn't even be a competitive series. You what, know what I would love to see is the uh, the Nuggets or not? Sorry, I'd love to see the Nuggets slide down or the Rockets slide up. Um, and I want to see the Rockets versus the Trailblazers. Carmelo Anthony come back to Houston and get his revenge. And I want to see the pa- Portland Trailblazers take out the Houston Rockets in the first round of the playoffs. Granted, the Trailblazers have been playing eh, yeah. this season a little bit better since a little bit better since Melo came. Um, but they're still nine and fifteen. They're not on pace to make it to the to the playoffs right now. I think they'll turn it around. I really like their coach. Um, and if you think about it, they're one game out of the playoffs right now. The Suns are the seventh seed, and they only have ten wins. So, mm-hmm. take that as no. A it's t- at the at the back end of that playoff race. It's very tight, mm-hmm. um, but also it's early, so we'll see how that develops. But I'm gonna add one more team: the Lakers, the Clippers. Um, I like the Nuggets top to bottom, mm-hmm. um, so I want to put them as one of those teams because they're the Nuggets are a serious team. I get right now they're not playing. I think they should be playing better, mm-hmm. um, but I think if you compare them to the Rockets and the Mavericks, I don't. Yeah, Luka Doncic is incredible. Do I think he can keep up this pace of play? Hopefully, but I'm just going to stick on the side of reality here. Yeah, just um, well, and say I mean, that they drop a little bit, and I think the Nuggets are better than the Rockets. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put them as one of those teams that are the teams to beat. Um, the Nuggets kind of remind me of like the Hawks, like a few years ago, or like the pa- those Pacers teams. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they have a lot of talent, but I just can't see them. They're just getting, so young, and I can't see them getting past like a LeBron in the playoffs or like a Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, and as far as the, as the Mavericks, what I wanted to say for them, um, I guess we could continue that, this conversation into our next topic because we wanted to talk about what's a successful team for the Mavericks uh, or what's a successful season for the Mavericks. I Realistically, I don't see them making it out of the first round of the playoffs, even if they do finish in the top four seeds, mm-hmm. um, just because their lack of depth. Luka Doncic is a great player, but you are going to need – like how heavily can you can you rely on rely it? on Luka Doncic at 20 years old in a seven game series? He's gonna have to have those 30 point triple doubles on a regular basis against a team who is constantly gonna be trying to find new ways to slow him down. And outside of him, you've got Kristaps Porzingis, and outside of that, mm, Tim Hardaway Jr., mm-hmm. Courtney Lee, these guys. I'm not sure how much you can count on them. Yeah, um, no, you're 100 right. So yeah, I it, the Mavericks. Look, as long as I think if the Mavericks are higher than the seventh seed, I'd say it's a very successful season for them. And yeah, even then, if they're the sixth seed, that's that's incredible because the the top six teams in the West right now are absolutely amazing. Lakers, Clippers, Mavericks, Rockets, Nuggets, Jazz. The Jazz are a tough team that we're not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I think the Blazers will slip up there somewhere. Um, yeah. So top six would be very impressive. Yeah, top six would definitely. That would be. I'm going to label that as impressive, as you over exceeded. Kind mm-hmm. of what I'm going to say is successful, or what you should have done rather make is make the playoffs. I agree with that. Um, 100%. And then if you get that high seeding that you were talking about, then it's like okay, you guys really you you overplayed. You're no one's going to really expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with like once you get the ball out of this guy's hands, who, who you know what I mean? Like because that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And when you get into a seven game series, you start getting double teamed. You got to start passing out and to the wings and whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, who's going to do it? Exactly. You need Porzingis to carry a lot more load than he's been carrying right now. Also, I want to say, if I think if the if the Mavericks finish top three seed, if they finish three or higher, Luka Doncic might win MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. 
for him to do that at 20 years old is absolutely phenomenal, and we haven't seen anything like that since LeBron James. Yeah, because that's all a relative thing when you look at the teams that he had to beat in order to get to that top three seed. This mm-hmm. is not a this is not a BS Western Conference we're talking about. This right now. is one of the toughest Western Conferences we've seen in years. Mm-hmm. It's um, taking me back to that the Western Conference of what 2015, where the Suns won 48 games. They went 48 and 34, and they still missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That was when they had Jeff Hornacek. When we thought Jeff Hornacek was a good coach, and then he came to the Knicks, <laughs> and, and all hope yeah. died after the first year. Right? Was that for the first year? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> This is what happens. Well, anybody could come to the Knicks. Phil Jackson came to the Knicks, and his legacy was destroyed. Not that I think Phil Jackson was that good when he came to the Knicks and made very, some very questionable decisions. But, um, God, every, everything that comes to the Knicks just gets, like, it's like a, it's like a kid where you, you give this really dumb kid a s'more because you're trying to do something nice for him, and then he just crushes it in his hand. That's what the Knicks are. They take nice things and they just crush it. And staying on that topic for a minute, and like like you said, like six coaches in five years, who's going to want to coach this team? Like I saw some people talking about John Calipari. Like is he really going to leave Kentucky to no, come coach this team? No, I wouldn't. Not a shot. That's like, like asking Mike Krzyzewski to leave Duke. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, John Calipari has been linked to have been interested in the Knicks position in the past. Obviously, I don't think Coach K would come. Um, people have also said Jeff Van Gundy. If I'm Jeff Van Gundy, I'm really loving my ESPN job. Exactly. I, look what happened when Magic Johnson came back to the NBA, you know? You mm. got a steady job at ESPN. Yeah, stay there. Yeah, why leave? Uh-huh. Um, and already ruin your decent coaching legacy with the Rockets if you're Jeff Van Gundy, right? Jeff Van Gundy was a good coach for the Knicks, too. Took us to our, our last uh, NBA Finals, which we lost in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a good coach. But the thing is, the Knicks have had a lot of good coaches lately. And their legacies are ruined when they come to this team. So, look, buyer beware. That's all I'm saying. Um, other than that, I think uh, I think today has been a really good show, guys. Um, thank you all for listening in. For all our fans in Wilmington, Delaware, thank you for tuning in. Um, this is uh, Running Back signing out on December 9th. Thank you. <laughs>